I picked up this midget. You know, he's very, very well dressed. Italian suit, good looking, and a beautiful tall blonde. Was it a lady midget? No, the guy was a midget. The blonde was the lady. Oh, the, the, I, I, I mean, the lady. Those yeah. midgets are funny. <laughs> Sometimes I like to hold a midget. Yeah? I mean, they're funny. They always want to sit in the front seat. almost burped, but I stopped. Well, that would have been a great how do you do. Nope. Welcome was, to the show, everybody. Kind of a silent <laughs> I apologize for the Ghostbusters episode where I ate mints on the entire episode. <laughs> it shouldn't be. A, this is why we can't have nice things. And Lindsay has since already gone back and heard the fact that she listens or she was eating. Yeah, this. I actually for once listened to our podcast. I listened to the Ghostbusters it's, one. That's that amazing. One. It's amazing. Well, hello, Lindsay. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm good. That's great. It's the end of the week. It is. I the get end to of sleep in tomorrow. I'm unemployed. <laughs> you get to sleep in every day. It loses its luster, right? When yes, it you, does. You don't have to get up, and it's just like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna stay up late tonight. I haven't read Game of Thrones in like three or four days. So, so wait, you're going to stay up and read all of Game of Thrones? No, I'm going <laughs> to stay up and read like five or six <laughs> chapters of the book of Game of Thrones. Oh, I'm in. Gotcha. No, I'm going to stay up and read like all five books. <laughs> you know what? It's a late night tonight. I'm staying up and reading everything I own. <laughs> Reading all 102 books on my You know my what? Hook. Why not? Let's do it. Yep. Just start speed reading. Did well, I tell you when I went to Half Price Books last weekend that I spent $45 in 10 minutes on books? <laughs> I bought like six books, though. I got a $36 book for like 7 or $8. I love Half Price Books. Well, that's good. It was awesome. They're all beneficial for me later with my classroom. As a future music educator. True. So it's good purchases. Yeah. I only bought one that I'm not going to be able to use in the classroom. And it's about the rise of rock and roll from 1947 to 1977. Welcome to What's on Lindsay's Shelf with Lindsay Ooh, and Oh, that would be an entire episode. <laughs> or that'd be an entire podcast series. Welcome back to the show, Lindsay. Welcome back to the show, Jeffrey. <laughs> what movie are Number we 52? on? Yes. Uh, our list. Excuse me, that was where that burp came from. <laughs> Just had to go to Cleveland before um, it came yeah. back. This is Taxi Driver mm-hmm. from 1976, rated R, an hour and 53 minutes long, crime and drama, starring Robert De Niro, directed by Martin Score. We- <laughs> Jeff and I had a debate about this. Is it Scorsese? Is it Scorsese? I've always grown up saying Scorsese. Which, I'm not sure if that's correct or not. I think that's how it's usually pronounced. When, I didn't even bother to watch the Oscars and find out. That's right. I mean, I watched the Oscars, but I didn't listen to what they actually said. They did say it, too. Can I ask a quick question? Martin Scorsese? Scorsese. I think it's Scorsese. I think it's Martin Scorsese. Yeah. That's how I would pronounce it. Anyway, what was your question? What the hell is this movie? I was literally going to... Not literally. I just ruined what I was going to say. What the literal fuck was this movie? (laughs) There you go. Yes. Um, We're also changing my summary to... What was it? Shank thoughts. Shank thoughts. Shank shots. Shank thoughts. Because we realize much like it's not so much a summary as just like what I'm thinking while watching this movie. Right, because it's very much so like my stuff and things with yeah. Jeff, where it's not things I've learned. It's just random Lindsay, thoughts. Lindsay thoughts. So it's 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 it's, it's Lindsay. You want Lindsay's thoughts? Lindsay, Lindsay thoughts Lindsay or thought. Shank thoughts? No, Lindsay thoughts. Shank thoughts is too hard to say. Shank summary. <laughs> no, Lindsay thoughts. 
Lindsay Limericks? No, Lindsay Thoughts. Okay, Lindsay Thoughts it is. So what is the Lindsay Thought for this episode? Who actually wants to be a prostitute? Why would anyone want to be a prostitute? It's very true. And also, if this if they ever remade this movie, like rebooted it or like did an homage to it, homage to it, not an homage, an homage to it, mm-hmm. Christian Bale would play Robert De Niro's character. Yes. Very much it's so. It's like a weird combination of like him and the machinist, which I've never finished because it's creepy, and American Psycho. Yes. That kind of uneasy the entire film. Just hey, Paul! <laughs> looking God, crazy. I love American Psycho, though. Oh, this my... movie, I don't think I loved. This movie, um, I respected it. Not love. I respect this movie. I understand. I really liked Deer Hunter. I didn't really like this movie. I respect and understand it, but I'm never watching this movie again. I understand why it's on the yep, list. Yep, I do too. Um, and I would recommend people to watch it. Yeah, cause... but know that it's pretty dis. Disturbing like, it points. doesn't even... I don't even know if it... Jodie Foster's character is 12. I don't even know Ugh. if it feels like a Martin Scorsese it film. Do, it doesn't. Like, and I know it's really early in his career. It's it's mid-70s. He started in the mid-60s or mid with shorts. This right. was like only one of his first couple films. Feature-length films. Yeah. So I understand. It's early. He's early. He's younger. It's a different time. It's a different period. There's a whole different world going on. Got it. To just to steal from actually one of the reviews, like the user reviews that popped up on IMDb just uh-huh. now, disturbing, powerful, relevant, and important. Yes. Yeah, I, I would agree, agree with all those words. Those were sentences. Because <laughs> it very much so is. I understand. I understand the popularity of it. I understand why it's the film. You know, I, I it. I feel like the the pro. I don't know. See. Uh, I feel like the Martin Scorsese film, if he had remade this nowadays, um, it's 76. Movies outside of spoilers. Yeah. After the it's shootout. 37 years old. Yes. 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 You know how I know that? Yes. I was born in 86. Oh, and you were going to be, you're 27. I'm 27. Yeah, don't remind me. I'm going to be 30 yeah you are i'm old anyways no um i feel like uh, nowadays martin scorsese would have after the shootout in the end of the movie he would have that would have been where the film ended not with that long tracking no. shot no well, no 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 after the long tracking shot yeah but not with those weird credits with the there was a prologue where it made him epilogue. out to, or an epilogue sorry where it's like oh by the way yeah <gasps> oh he yeah, just yeah, did yeah. all this bad stuff and he, he survives he survives he's in a coma and he survives he's and fine he's, he's back, goes to, back to driving a taxi and he's back and to hooking normal. up with Silver Shepherd yeah like I feel like he would not have done like it's weird that almost felt like a or studio maybe he was having an ending not necessarily like if he because he's you know mentally ill I mean he might have like episodes like right. that he's normal for now he right. might not be normal like six months from now and is that maybe what they were trying to go for I being think like so. oh look he was normal and he just because he's broke normal down. in the beginning of the movie and then he kind of slowly has a breakdown and then he comes and back completely to being loses his shit and then he like goes back to neutral so it almost makes you feel like. It's gonna. It's purposely designed to leave you uneasy for the end of the film, so that way. Yeah, it's like, are you okay? Is he gonna go back into that Especially again? Especially because he says oh, it wasn't a big. You know, the papers made it out to be this big deal. It wasn't this big deal. I'm like, yeah. dude, you shot like six people. You blew up some guy's head in front of a kid. Yeah. A twelve-year-old <laughs> prostitute. Yeah, we are totally spoiling this movie. By the way, <laughs> I don't even care. I'm telling it's you, not like Deer Hunter. Don't ruin Deer Hunter. I still, I will, I will not ruin Deer Hunter. Loved Deer Hunter. No worries there. No, um, I. 
No. <laughs> Lindsay just got sad Rocket. because she just remembered Deer Hunter. Um, no, I, it's a good movie. I feel like I feel like this movie is good. Oh no! But I don't think it's it's great. I don't think it's amazing. No, no. I don't think it's like I. There's a lot of. How stuff. is Goodfellas so far down on the list? I would definitely put Goodfellas above this. Movie. Yes. I would definitely put Goodfellas okay. higher than this film. Well, isn't in the land of Scorsese? That's in. Oh yes, 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 yes. I mean, but even in the top two hundred and fifty at IMDb, this is number sixty nine. Like, I want to know what Goodfellas is. It's like, and and, and it's not the acting. No, it's like, not. It's not Robert De Niro's performance because he does a great job. Sybil Shepherd, even though she's only in the movie for like fifteen minutes, she Goodfellas does a good is job. number sixteen. On so, the IMDb top 250. So on IMDb, but AFI put it at 94. So okay, six? which 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 AFI would be would have been would have been created by the the American Film Institute, obviously. And then the IMDb and one is, is the point, user rated, right? Yeah, 8.8 okay. 8 for Goodfellas, 8.4 for Taxi Driver. What does Goodfellas have for a meta score? Doesn't. I don't. Not think. at all. I don't think. See, this has a meta score. No, 89 Metascore for this. Really? This has a 93 Metascore. Okay, so see... Sorry, this has a 93 Metascore. Goodfellas has an 89 Metascore. Okay, so basically what it is, the reason why this is higher on the list is because critically it has been accepted better. Yeah, but if you think about it too, Goodfellas came out after The Godfather and all the... You know, I... It's also a more... See, I just don't... Hmm. Okay, so what you're saying is like it's it's almost more... People might be seeing it as, oh, it's a co- they're trying to copy The Godfather. Is yeah, or that what it's cliche now. At that like point? maybe at that point, like mob movies were cliche. Because yeah. when did The Untouchables come out? 80s, the Brian late Dipp- 80s. Yeah, eighty eight. And Scarface, and yeah. I mean, it's kind. It was kind at of at the point. tail end of all those movies, so that might be why it wasn't accepted as well. Because that would have been at the tail end of the eighties, where where yeah, all those movies had come out in the eighties. Mm-hmm. All right, well, not The Godfather, but yeah. Scarface, well, like three. the eighties violence. Nah, Godfather came out in ninety one, I think. Part three, you mean? Yeah. Sorry, I should have specified part three. Um, oh, don't no, ever try to blow bubbles in 90. a Camelback. It's nineteen ninety. Sorry. So still, that would have been that. But that again, the Godfather Part Three would have been at the very tail end of that whole eighties influx of mobster movies. So it still would have been. So and Goodfellas anything, was ninety four. If to my knowledge, if anything. Now, oh, sorry, Goodfellas was ninety. So it would have been right at the same time. So if anything... And Godfather 3 was not well-received. Right, if anything... And if they came out too close together, they might have just assumed, you know... Right, like, the Godfather part 3... I wish people could see me doing this. I like doing doing this. You're doing a weird hand motion. It's like this weird, like, you know, the needle on the... I kind of like how it looks when I'm not really looking at it. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) So the Godfather part 3 came out of the end of... End of a decade where, at that point, people might have been considering it to be uh, it to be copying its own self or just ripping off its own franchise, which is probably why it was also not so well critically received and blah blah blah. Well, I love that we're just jumping all around for this movie, and I apologize that uh, we kind of jumped into your Metacritic or Metascore. Um, Well, it's fine. So yeah, you gave it uh, okay. Let me well, let me do um, what is the actual summary summary for the movie? Because that we we just didn't do that real quick. A mentally unstable Vietnam War veteran works as a nighttime taxi driver in New York City, where the perceived decadence and sleaze feeds his urge for violent action, attempting to save a pre-adolescent prostitute in the process. Because remember, we the fact that we watched this right after Deer Hunter. Yeah, it's just like. Yeah, which definitely what? not the now, sequel to Deer Hunter. No. <laughs> um. I didn't know Robert De Niro. De Niro is just now seventy. 
He and Harold Ramis were like the same age. Oh, yeah. Harold Ramis, who is still dead at this time. Yeah, because he hasn't come back to life yet. Not yet. He's not a ghost. The irony behind that is that he is not a ghost. I'm kind of sad. Poor Twinkie. Um, Well, here, let me do my awards section. And then we'll get to your trivia, and then we'll discuss this film some more if we have some more talking about it. Um, okay. <laughs> number one. Number one. <laughs> Sniffle one. I know. <laughs> I think it's just because I'm. It's late in the day. It's late. Getting, it's cold. It's I'm late. not getting sick. I've been pumping vitamin C and zinc into my body because I spend most of my time in a fucking germ farm. Woo! Zinc. There's the explicit tag. Actually, no. You already what, did. The what the literal fuck, fuck is the explicit tag? Sorry, mom. <sighs> Well, welcome to the award section of this film. <laughs> Jeff sucks. Um, no, that's not this podcast. It's not this podcast. Anyways. Colin gets three more. I know, I'm so upset about that. <laughs> Anyways, this film was nominated for four Oscars. It was a nominated uh, for, it had nominations of about 35 other awards over the years. And uh, yeah. find you. And uh, it won 26 other uh, major awards. However, out of the four Oscars, it was nominated for it did not win any of the oscars uh it was nominated for best picture best actor in a leading role for robert de niro best actress in a supporting role for jodie foster and best music original score by bernard herman which as a quick side note folks uh anybody who may know bernard herman we i think we talked about it briefly on the north by northwest podcast because he did he's he kind of was Alfred Hitchcock's like main go-to guy. Mm-hmm. Like he is the one that did Psycho and North by Northwest and Vertigo. And I mean, he did Citizen Kane back in the day. He's done a lot of big dramatic music. He did the music to this movie. Yep. And it doesn't sound like a Bernard Herman movie at all. No. <laughs> like it doesn't sound like that score. It, it's not, it's it. The movie music in this movie Hence the movie music. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's just, movie music in this movie. <laughs> I think I need to go to bed. Um, <laughs> sounded, made the movie sound like it was trying to be like a noir film from the 1930s. It really did, because there's this weird, like... Saxophone. Narr- yeah, saxophone. And, you know what it made me think of? What? The episode of Community, where Chang is, like, the security guard, and he's, like... Married to the mannequin leg, and then oh, yeah. the cafeteria, where the cafeteria burns down. Because oh, yeah. it's kind of like that. Like he does that noir narration with the like gumshoe detective, like Maltese Falcon. It's just weird. My com, like I asked you early on in the film, were they trying to make a modern modern noir, noir film? film? Like that's where it felt like. Like are those cookies? Those are. Hopnobs. Oh, okay. Those are my British hopnobs. I know, but I said earlier I wanted a cookie. And no, I know. That's why I did not offer you the hopnobs. You hop gave knobs. me a chocolate-covered macadamia nut. Because those That's are not, not hopnobs. Or those are not cookies. I showed you BritishGoods.com. Um, it's true, you did. So, okay, so back to the awards real quick, because <laughs> I'm jumping all over the place. So the, <laughs> it was it, the ones that it lost to, because it was nominated for Best Picture, it lost to Rocky. Oh, um, he lost to Peter F- uh, Robert De Niro for Best Actor. Lost to Peter Finch in Network. Oh, <laughs> um, and huh. then uh, weird year for movies. Yeah, wasn't it? Um, Jodie Foster lost for Best Supporting Actress to Beatrice Strait in Network. Network, and for her, like she's in the movie for like five minutes, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, because she plays what's his face's wife. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh... <sighs> Was it, smart. was it Peter Finch? No. No, no, it wasn't Peter Finch. It was the it was the guy who did the, the whole I'm mad as hell guy. William Holden? No, not William Holden. 
Oh man, that movie was what like? 15 no, it's episodes? Peter Finch. Was it Peter, Peter Finch? Finch? Okay. Yeah. Second guess myself. Girl. <laughs> and then the best original score lost to uh, Jerry Goldsmith for The Omen, which is kind of sad. Actually, I just realized Bernard Herrmann was nominated twice that year. He got two Oscar nominations huh. that year for Taxi Driver and Obsession. 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 Um, so yeah, that would be the awards Sydney section. Sydney Lumet. Sydney Lumet. Matt Lumet. Um, I do not have any... Uh, oh, 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 no, sorry. Yeah, Peter Finch was Howard Beale. Okay, that's what yeah, I thought. that's right. And then finally, the film was in fact entered into the National Film Registry in 1994. Shocker. So this film will be preserved forever. Good. So, which was the copy we watched was a high def copy. Yeah. Nice, clean, clean, clear copy. Yeah. Well, that is all that I have for this section of the podcast, Lindsay. It's on to you for your trivia. Hey, guess what? I'm going to yawn a bunch. Oh, goody. So, people will be thrilled. I don't know. I was fine. (laughs) And we sat down. And it was that burp that I needed to get out. It still hasn't, like, it's just sitting there and it's making me yawn. And I'm stuffy, so I'm not getting enough air. A burp is making you yawn. I have like a weird bubble like in my chest and it like is making me yawn. Shut up. I'm sorry. My head went to a completely different spot. I'm not even going to say it on the podcast. <laughs> no, I don't have a third boob now. That's not that kind of bubble. This is not total recall. Oh, that'd be awesome. She, is that worth she yes. three boobs? Three boob lady. Okay. Three boob ladies in total recall. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I know things about stuff. Oh, it's always good in the middle of a podcast where we can reference the three boob lady. So weird. Okay, anyways, Lindsay, feel free to continue. Hey, they just remade Total Recall like two years ago. Yeah, they did. Not even. A year ago, two years ago? Absolutely terrible. Was it really? Did you see it? Yes, I did. I didn't see it in theaters. I know. I I like Colin Farrell. I do too. I think he's a really, he can be a really good actor in certain films. But sometimes he's got Nicolas Cage syndrome. He just picks shitty movies. I'm just going to pick this movie because I can. Winter's Tale is apparently not good either. (laughs) No. And the reviews for the book weren't great either. Because I wanted to read the book. They just did that on How Did This Get Made. (laughs) Oh, did they really? I'm behind on How Did This Get Made. How Did This Get, or um, How Did This Get Weird. Um, (laughs) You Made It Weird has probably been taking up my time. And those are not short episodes of things. No, those are all long. It's like... Yeah, they're like two and a half, three hours long. Anyway. I recommend. I recommend. How did this get made? If people, wish I do to watch. too. They just they sit and they watch a movie and they just they talk movies. about yeah. it. Yeah, crappy Jason, movies. Jason, uh, Jason uh, sat there the entire time. The first thing he said was that I can, I would, I could talk in a full hour about the trailers before this movie. No. <laughs> Talking about Winter's um, Tale, right? Yeah, yeah. Not to be confused with the Shakespeare play, right? Yeah. Yes. It's not the Shakespeare it's play. It's not the Shakespeare play. No, this book, they, they this movie, that was really weird. Anyways. It was like Water for Elephants. Great book. Shitty fucking movie. That's how it usually happens. The Time Traveler's Wife. One of my favorite books. That's one of the ones I read when we went up to the cabin several years ago yeah. in like 2008, where I read like the whole book from beginning to end in a weekend. It's like a 500 page book. See, you could Fantastic totally read book. all of Game of Shitty Thrones movie. tonight. No, because the first Game of Thrones books alone is 800 pages. Well, you need to stop talking and start reading, All apparently. Right. <laughs> Starting trivia for Taxi Driver. Trivia! This movie was written by Paul Schrader. Yes. He wrote the script for Taxi Driver in five days. As he was writing, he kept a loaded gun on his desk for motivation and inspiration. Please keep the loaded gun motif in mind, because that yeah. comes back a bunch. Wow, Yeah. Robert De Niro worked 12-hour days for a month driving cabs as preparation for this role, and he also studied mental illness. Interesting. 
Jodie Foster was 12 years old when the movie was filmed, so she could not do the more explicit scenes. Her character was also 12 years old. There really wasn't an explicit scene. What are they talking about? When she tries to, like, give she... Robert De Niro, like, a hand, like... But you I don't, don't see any of that, though. I think, like, when she's... Oh, she almost takes her top off when you yeah. know we're not looking at her face. Yeah, I because suppose. her sister Connie Foster was nineteen when the film was produced and was cast as her body double. That's just weird. <laughs> That's just... Or maybe the scene when like the guy's trying to get her in the back of the cab. I suppose. Or maybe when we see her boob. <laughs> She was walking across the street. It was the outfit she was wearing. It just happened to look like I saw her boob. Oh, okay. The fact, though, is now I'm a little creeped out by that fact that I commented on that. Because now that I know she's 12, it's like, oh, no. That is not happening. That's gross. The story was partially autobiographical for Paul Schrader. (laughs) Who suffered a nervous breakdown while living in Los Angeles. He was fired from the American Film Institute, basically friendless, in the midst of a divorce and was rejected by a girlfriend. Squatting in his ex-girlfriend's apartment while she was away for a couple months, Schrader literally didn't talk to anyone for many weeks, went to porno theaters, and developed an obsession with guns. Schrader was working at the time as a delivery man for a chain of chicken restaurants. Spending long... Los Poyos Hermanos. Not really. That's Breaking Bad. Spending long days alone in his car, he felt, I might as well be a taxi driver. He also shared with Bickle the sense of isolation from being a a Midwesterner in an urban center. Schrader decided to switch the action to New York City only because taxi drivers were far more common there. Schrader's script clicked with both Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro when they read it. So, wait, this movie is completely autobiographical, except for the whole trying partially, to kill somebody. Partially autobiographical, yeah. yeah. Like, the concept of like where he is. Like, the beginning of it, yeah. The, the, yeah, okay. Gotcha. Uh, by the time, between the time Robert Neer signed the $35,000 contract to appear in this film, and when it began filming, he won an Oscar for his role in The Godfather Part Two from 1974, and his profile soared. The producers were terrified that De Niro would ask for a deserved large pay raise since Columbia was very discomfited by the project and were looking for excuses to pull the plug on it. But De Niro said he would honor his original deal so the film would get made. $126,000 is what he would have okay, been offered to That's still not that much for no. a movie. Um, i wait till you get to the budget. Director Martin Scorsese claims that the most important shot in the movie is when Bickle is on the phone trying to get another date with Betsy. The camera moves to the side slowly and pans down the long, empty hallway next to Bickle as if to suggest that the phone conversation is too painful and pathetic to bear. He is basically pleading with her. Yeah. Martin Scorsese has said he offered the role to Travis Bickle of Travis Bickle to Dustin Hoffman. According to Hoffman, he turned down the role because he thought Scorsese was crazy and he has since regretted this decision. Because then he went and did Straw Dogs. Eventually. Yeah. Which they remade. Yeah. I don't think that was very good either. Uh, Paul Schrader wrote the part of Travis with Jeff Bridges in mind. All right. Bides. All right. Um, That'd have been messed up, but all right, gotcha. Even though then 12-year-old Jodie Foster played a very adult role in the movie, she would have been ineligible to attend the premiere unaccompanied by a parent or guardian due to the R rating. You know, that's got to suck. It's you, the movie. You are in the movie. You can't even go see the movie. <laughs> 
Bernard Herrmann's wife said that when Scorsese, then relatively unknown, called her famous husband to ask Herrmann to do the score, he at first refused, saying, I don't write music for car movies. Herrmann only accepted the offer after reading the script and then wrote a highly original score using dissonant brass to punctuate the inner emotions of Travis. That was a swallow, not a yawn. (laughs) After the initial scoring session, Scorsese called his composer again, insisting that he needed one more musical cue, a sting, a single frightening chord. Which is that la- when the cop shows up. Yep. Which um, actually sounded like Bernard Herrmann music. Herrmann called back a studio orchestra who were paid a day's work for that one effect. Shortly after that ultimate session, Herrmann died at the age of 64. He had begun his film career in Hollywood writing the music for Citizen Kane in 1941. Spoilers, Citizen Kane's the number one movie on this list. Spoilers? <laughs> also, Rosebud... No! Worst, oh, by the way, that is how the episode's going to start. What? I'm spoiling the whole Rosebud thing. <laughs> not not until then, though. you got to wait like another year. Yeah, I know. Listeners. I know. By the way, Straw Dogs came out in 71 with Dustin Hoffman. He went on to go do the president, all the president's men instead. Ah. <laughs> I'm just, I see Straw Dogs floating down here in the corner yep, of my yep. screen. I just didn't, I can't see the year. No, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember when that came out. Yeah, he did in 71. So he was already... Like, yeah, maybe he didn't want to get, there. like, typecast or something. Midnight Cowboys, Straw Dogs, and then he went on to do All President's Men and Marathon Man and all those. And then Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> Not $6 million man, that's wrong. Before Jodie Foster was eventually cast we as Iris, there were more than 250 applicants for the role, including newcomers Carrie Fisher, Muriel Hemingway, Bo Derek, Kim Cattrall, Rosanna Arquette, Christy McNichol, Michelle Pfeiffer. Hold on, I've got more. Michelle Pfeiffer would have been on. really young, Hold too. on. Um, Ellen Barkin, Kim Basinger, Gina Davis, Brooke Shields, and Deborah Winger. Gina, they would have, like, almost every single one of them would have all been, I guess, that same age. Michelle Pfeiffer was born in 58, so she would have been 16 when they were filming the film. So, yeah, they would have all been teenagers. Wow, that's just nuts, though. That's crazy to think about that. The line, you talking to me? was voted as the number 10 movie quote by the AFI and as number 8 on the 100 movie 100 greatest movie lines by premiere in 2007. You talking to me? It's a very well-known line. You talking to me? I want to no use that. No one else here. Who the fuck else are you talking <laughs> I to? I want to use that as the opening. He says fuck. He does say fuck. People don't generally include that part. No. Everybody usually just censors themselves by going, well, I'm the only one here. Speaking of, Robert De Niro was, has claimed that the You Talking to Me scene was inspired by Bruce Springsteen's banter with his audience at a, 19, a mid-1970s gig. Or a mid-70s gig. This is my favorite trivia fact so far. Okay. This is just, I read this and went, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the clash between Martin Scorsese, the MPAA, yes. and the executives at Columbia over the violent content of this film has gone into legend. Real quick, mm-hmm. this movie compared to some of the shit Tarantino ends up doing is nothing. This movie, by the way, I mean, not literally violent. every single Tarantino movie. I don't consider... There are parts of Inglourious Bastards that make me kind of puke in my mouth a little bit. Yeah, because it gets like, it goes like hyper gross or hyper violent. It's the scalping. Never listen to Inglourious Bastards through headphones while hungover. That's a bad idea. Doesn't sound like I did it in grad school once. I had gotten an illegal (laughs) copy of it and... uh, Lindsay, we do not endorse illegal copies of films. Is any of this legal? Shut! Absolutely fucking not. (laughs) 
Yes, thank you, Leo. You're welcome. <laughs> the movie comes out at the end of this month. Yay! Oh, it comes out during my spring break. I, oh. As we've probably discussed prior on this podcast. I'm going to buy the four-hour version of it. I actually think I prefer uh, Wolf of Wall Street over American Hustle. That's fine. I think I liked it better. I like them both equally. And I, I will American watch Hustle. American Hustle more. It's an easier movie to watch on yeah. a regular basis. Like, mm-hmm. you think Wolf of Wall Street would be a, okay, I want to watch this, and then I'll watch it again <laughs> next year. <laughs> it's a long movie. I know. It's a lot I'm to I'm scowling because I'm coughing. You scowled at me. All right. <laughs> continuing. Continuing. Random sidetrack. Number three. Yawning now. One of the biggest rumors is that while facing an X rating for... Did you finish the... Uh, I bumped it. Did you finish the ratings thing, the last one? We That's were what about? I'm doing right now. Oh, okay. We're still on that. Okay. Yeah. Has gone into legend. End of sentence. Sidetrack. Continuing trivia. wanted tech. to make sure we were still continuing. And then I the closed it in the middle of the sentence. So starting over. One of the biggest rumors is that while facing an X rating from the MPAA and having to edit the film, Scorsese stayed up all night drinking with a loaded gun in his hand, preparing to shoot the executive at Columbia the next day. After an entire night of persuasion from his friends, Scorsese decided to mute the colors in the violent climax and subsequently got his R rating. There are many variations on this legend, one saying that Scorsese was actually going to take his own life, another says that he actually brought the gun to Columbia and threatened the executive until the executive relented. It's just so funny, because you think of little Martin Scorsese with the big glasses, but then you realize he made shit like The Departed. Yeah. <laughs> Very violent little man. <laughs> what do you got, your period? <laughs> <laughs> Which that um yep. that uh meme or that gif got thrown around the internet a lot After on Monday. Leo, yeah. So where's your Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what we're referencing, referencing the scene in The Departed where Leo's sitting at the bar and orders a cranberry juice, and the guy asks him if he's got his period, and Leo just smashes the glass into his fucking head. Departed, a good film. It's fucking amazing. I love that, I love movie. that movie. I gotta watch that one again. Me too. Premiere voted this movie as one of the 25 most dangerous movies. We are going to discuss why this movie's not violent. At least not to us in the year 2014. See, okay, okay. All right, so we're going to take French Connection was probably considered violent. And that's the thing. Like, I'm confused. Okay, yes, and that's that's my problem. Okay, at the time, yes, he does, in fact... Frickin' shoot off that guy's fingers. He shoots off. Yeah, and the he three blows the guy, fingers. the back of a guy's head off. Right, and he kills. He shoots Harvey Keitel. Spoilers, like five times. Mm-hmm. He, sh- he. I mean, there's there is a bloody shootout at the end of this movie. And I mean, I guess even nowadays, the fact that he shot off the dude's fingers are pretty damn violent. But it's like. I, it's just you can tell how much things have changed in 35 years, almost 40 years mm-hmm. since this movie came out. Well, actually, it would have been 40 years ago this year that they would have filmed this movie if they filmed it in 74, like late 74 to early 75. That would have made sense. Sorry, I just it, no, the it's fine. I'm just weird. I'm Anyways. skimming through the trivia because there's a lot of trivia for this movie. Oliver Stone believes he was one of the models for Travis Bickle, pointing out that he was being taught by Martin Scorsese at NYU Film School at the time, and like Travis, he was a Vietnam veteran turned NYC cab driver and wore his olive drab army coat while on duty. Huh. That's right. Gratuitous I... picture of self. <laughs> Just a little bit. A little bit. Um... Yeah, director cameo Martin Scorsese sitting down behind Betsy as she walks into the Palatine 
campaign headquarters in slow motion. Also, he appears as the irate husband in Bickle's cab. Credited in the film credits as passenger watching Zillowette. Yep. He's the one in the back that's talking about, have you ever seen what a gun can do to a pussy? Which is just fucked up. (laughs) Harvey Keitel rehearsed with actual pimps to prepare for his role. The scene where his character and Iris dance is improvised and is one of only two scenes in the film that doesn't focus on Bickle. That's true. It does cut away from it. Which is why I thought something was going to happen. Like, he -hmm. wasn't in the scene. I thought something weird was going to go on. He just danced. Weird. Robert De Niro claimed that the final shootout scene took particularly long because of both technical problems and the humor which arose from the tension created by the carnage in the scene. <laughs> oh, sorry. Melanie Griffith was originally offered the role of Iris, but her mother, Tippy Hedren, made her turn down the offer. She was the first choice to play the part. That's so weird. I didn't know that Tippy Hedren was Melanie Griffith's mother. The more you know. No, Tippy Hedren. I'm sad the birds isn't on this list. Various studios considered producing this film once suggested Neil Diamond for the lead role. What the literal fuck? I know I've said it a bunch this episode, but literally. What? What? She got in the cab. Hello, my friend. friend hello. hello. At the end of the movie. <laughs> wow. I know you dumped my ass because I took you to a porn. This was the last Columbia feature to use the classic Torch Lady logo in her classic appearance. Oh, yeah, they went to different. Mia Farrow reportedly wanted the role of Betsy, who's played by Sybil Shepard, but Martin Scorsese turned her down. Why are you laughing? I'm still laughing about the Neil Diamond Diamond thing. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I could do a whole bit about that. That's hilarious. Anyway, sorry. I apologize. Just not interrupting you. You can keep going. I'm skimming, so you can... In 2011, Empire Magazine described this movie as a vivid fever dream we still haven't woken up from. All right. (laughs) Meryl Streep reportedly turned down the role of Betsy, because God forbid she make another movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Sigourney Weaver was offered the role as Betsy, but turned down the part. She was the runner-up to Silver Shepard for the role. So, basically, (laughs) Martin Scorsese casted or auditioned practically every major actress from the last I've got another Iris. Linda Blair was the second choice to play Iris, according to the trivia. That would have been been weird. weird. Had she... When was the... Was the Exorcist... No, Exorcist was before this, wasn't it? I'm not sure. Yeah, apparently Jodie Foster was the third choice to play this role. When was the Exorcist? Oh, oh apparently yeah, that's just also, to... okay. let's add more people to the Iris list. Jennifer Jason Lee and Heather Locklear. <laughs> yeah, your face is good right now. <laughs> Sorry, I just started thinking about that. Okay, first off, it would have been weird that Linda Blair would have been in it because this film feels really, like, I guess Robert De Niro would have already been well-known. And a lot of these people were already known at this point. Because Linda Blair, they would have, or she would have already done The Exorcist. Exorcist was 71. Oh, geez, really? It was yeah. that late? Sorry, 70, that... Uh, sorry, 73, 73. Oh, so it was that far back? But they would have, she would have been just coming off The Exorcist at this point. I don't know, it would have been weird. Um, let's see. I say that a lot and I realize that, that things would have been weird, but it's true. <laughs> Hello, my friend. Bernard Herrmann's score is intentionally devoid of strings, giving the overall thrust of the soundtrack more muscle. 
That what? whole sentence was kind of dirty. Yeah, very manly. dirty. Very dirty and manly. Very, that's a gr- I feel, as a, I, as a woman, I feel threatened by that sentence. As a man, I feel like I need to take a shower. <laughs> you know I'm totally choking when I say stuff like that. <laughs> oh. As a man, I need to stop. Angelica Houston auditioned for the role of Betsy. Goldie Hawn auditioned for the role of Betsy. More people were Iris. Even more people were Iris. Oh, Liza Minnelli and Barbara Hershey were each offered the role of Betsy, but turned it down. Okay. So how long did it take him Mary to cast... Mary Steenburgen auditioned for the role of Betsy. How long did it take him to cast this freaking movie? I don't know. It sounds like he literally saw every single person in Hollywood, every single female actress in Hollywood, and offered the role to... Almost all of them <laughs> before Jodie Foster took it. What the hell? Producer Julia Phillips claimed Martin Scorsese cast Sybil Shepherd as Betsy because of the size of her butt, which added to her sex appeal. It doesn't say butt in the trivia. It says bottom. I said butt. Phillips revealed that Scorsese and Shepard had a difficult relationship on set with the director having to feed the actress lines reading, line readings to achieve a credible performance. Yikes. Burn. <laughs> so what he was saying is that she was terrible acting. Apparently. At the time. She did have a nice butt. Christy McNichol auditioned for Iris six times before losing out to Jodie Foster. At what point do you stop? <laughs> Travis says the word moonlighting. Yes. Which is a prescient thing to say, considering Sybil Shepherd later got one of the starring roles on Moonlighting. On Moonlighting. She was which I co- And I said, Mar- I said Bruce Willis, because Travis goes, what's Moonlighting? I go, it's a show with Bruce Willis. <laughs> I just, from, I forgot that she was the other person across, because, yeah, because it was, it was her and Bruce Willis. Right? Yeah. Right? Okay. So, as we were watching that towards the end of the movie, I thought that Robert De Niro's head looked a little odd with the mohawk. Yeah. Like, in the scene when they're in the apartment when he's shooting people. Spoilers. Robert De Niro's mohawk was not real. And was due to the fact that De Niro still had to shoot scenes for the film that ha- with hair after the mohawk portions. Makeup artist Dick Smith created a bald cap that was glued to De Niro's head and the mohawk was made of thick horse hair. That hair paste is currently uh, at the Museum of Moving Images in, Bistor- in Astoria, New York. So they actually didn't shave his head? Nope, and if you look really closely in one of the scenes, you can tell it's a bald cap. There's a weird, like, line above his ear. Wow. I thought, okay. This yeah, because Jeff even said, he's never shaved his head because it's all white. Yeah. That's why it's all white. Because it, it looked like it wasn't tanned. Like, like you would, if a person who had never shaved his head, if you would have shaved your head, you your the top of your head would be a lighter color because it would not have been tanned like oh. the rest of your body. I was, how the hell did this movie not get like a makeup credit? I don't know. I honestly thought that was shaved. Wow. They did a good job at that. I am generally surprised. That doesn't happen very often. It happens all the time. What am I talking about? Continue. Before I continue just to okay. ramble on. No, there's a there's some really good... Body count is four. Um, Interesting talking points. So I'm going to read these. There's a bunch of post-spoiler credits, but I'm going to read, or trivia facts, I'm going to read them anyway. Martin Scorsese was reluctant to edit the climactic and very bloody shootout to avoid an X rating. However, he was amused by the changes ordered by the MPAA because they made the final scene even more shocking than it had originally been intended. Wow, I wonder what those changes were. And then, um, 
Many critics and fans have speculated that um, Travis Bickle actually dies during the climactic shootout and the scenes where he recovers is thanked by Iris's parents via letter and talks to Betsy when she happens to ride in his taxi by chance are either his dying delusions or pure fantasy. Martin Scorsese and Paul Schrader both provided commentary on the Laserdisc slash DVD releases of the film that deny this theory. Scorsese said that the cab ride with Travis and Betsy is a real event, and that Travis's ambiguous look after she leaves the cab indicating uncertainty over his own thoughts. Schrader's comments were that Travis is not cured after surviving the shootout, and the writer added, "Next time he's not going to be a hero." So, so exactly like what we were talking about. Right, yeah. yeah, you know what? That's that's a good point. I never actually, I never put that. Together, oh, the Martin back- Scorsese's parents are in this movie too. By the way, they're the they picture are. of Iris's parents. Oh, in, on, on, on the, the newspaper. Wall. Yeah, nice. You know, and actually, that's a good point. Like, I never made that. I never made that connection that that could have all been fake. But it again, like I was saying earlier, I feel like the movie would have ended after the shootout. Like that's how the ending of the movie should have been. That he went out killing these people. That's it. He died. You just assumed yeah. he died. Yeah, not this so kind I. of weird, happy epilogue. Yeah, it, well, not happy, but like well, but I mean, ambiguous he's fine. epilogue. He's not arrested. Not he not. went to the hospital. Yeah. He's okay. Well, like, look he's who out he again. killed. Yeah, I know. He killed pimps. And... Despite being criticized for its violence, only four characters die. The armed robber in the corner shop that Travis shoots. Uh-huh. The pimp. So uh-huh. sport. The mafioso, which is the guy who gets his hand shot off. And the doorman. Doorman. Doorman! <laughs> Sorry. Some people believe that Travis actually dies in the shootout and the final sequence in the movie are a wish fulfillment in Travis's head, which we've just said isn't true. Yeah. So that that would have raised the body count to five, but it didn't. So there's that. And that's the end of my trivia. Just to leave us on some talking points. Interesting indeed. Well, hey, let me get on to my stuff and things with Jeff, followed by Inflation Nation, and then we will finish our discussion for this episode. All right, my stuff and things oh God, for Jeff. A long episode. It is a long episode. But the last like, couple have been long. We like to talk more. Which is good. Talking's fun. Yeah. Gives people driving to work more stuff to listen to. Yay! All right, so stuff and things with Jeff. Number one, you could buy snacks at a porn theater. Yep. Oh, fun trivia fact I forgot. That was Robert De Niro's on-again, off-again girlfriend at the time. (laughs) Playing the... Dinah uh, somebody. Playing the lady behind the counter. Weird. Number two, milk, bread, sugar, and schnapps. Breakfast of champions. And number three, Jodie Foster loves jelly on yep. her toasted bread. Yep. She kept putting more on. And, and what did you on. say? This is the weird theme of this movie is food and weird, weird food and weird places. Yes, it's weird food and weird places. Because this, that, like, there's, that's all my, my stuff and things. By the way, that's all I have for this episode. Yeah. Because every, like, there's so many times where there's a character eating or getting food or mm-hmm. eating weird food or eating food in weird places. Like, it's just weird it's so weird so very weird yep all right so let's move on to inflation nation inflation nation so glad you did that <laughs> i was gonna be a little sad if you didn't i did um first off a dollar 85 for an rc a clark bar a box of popcorn in an adult theater equals up to seven dollars and thirty cents still cheaper than the popcorn and soda at a movie theater yep. nowadays. <laughs> Pay like thirteen bucks for that shit. Uh, Twenty dollars that the pimp handed Travis to forget up, to forget about the girl getting yeah. into his cab. It would be the equivalent of seventy eight dollars and eighty seven cents nowadays. Uh, 
a $20 given to the guy in charge of the building at Iris, that Iris took Travis to. Yeah. He also gave him $20, so same $78.87. The uh, Travis left for Iris $500 in cash. That is the equivalent to $1,971.65 nowadays. Okay. And then finally, the budget for the film was estimated at $1.3 million. That would be the equivalent of $5.1 million nowadays. To make this movie. To make this movie. Yes. Which if you look at it though, I mean it's it's are you saying that's that's a lot to make this movie? Or that's yeah. not a yeah, because really it looks like an independent film. It looks like like you could have taken like they took a camera around New York and yeah. just drove around New York for a while shooting stuff. Yeah. Like it's very much just simple and basic. I'm stuffy. So that is all for Inflation Nation and stuff. Inflation in Nation. The lesser known ending credit for Okay. So any final thoughts regarding Taxi Driver? I just did something to my email. Now it's weird. Number 52 on our list. <laughs> Lindsay? What? <laughs> no, I think I've covered. You know I did it on purpose. You know I did it on purpose. <sighs> what? <laughs> When I did my part of the podcast, Sometimes. I'm done now. <laughs> no. Straight to the moon? Straight to the moon, Alice. Uh, no. So, uh, any, any, yeah, any final thoughts? Any thoughts? I mean, it was good. Like I said, I respect it. You I may... think it, I think it and Deer Hunter would flip-flop. Thank you. Because I would have to also agree. Yeah. Because we usually talk about where it's at on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it needs to be as high as it is on the list. See, I think I'm okay with it being this high. I'm still not okay. We will... If people... Regular listeners of the show know I will never be okay with where Goodfellas is on the list. No. And after Goodfellas and Do the Right that, Thing are, are not in the right spots on the list. They both need to be higher. Yeah. And, and, some, I, of the, and some movies shouldn't be on this list at all. Clockwork Which again, you people know what those movies are. <laughs> if you've been listening. But no, I would agree... Um, I yawned and you made suppressed fart sounds on my hand. One. I'm not sure which one was worse. <laughs> um, no, I would agree. I think this... See, I don't... I don't know. This is number 52. Mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to be this high. I think it could be a hell of a lot lower. You know what doesn't need to be as high as it is? Uh, Our next movie. Well, that was a good segue. I'm just saying. <laughs> watch. We're going to watch the next one and you're going to realize that you actually secretly like it. And then you'll be like, why did I hate this movie so much? Apparently you're also Batman. <laughs> no, I will always hate the next movie on our list. Do you, do you want to just discuss? Well, real quick, real quick. Hold on. Did you like Taxi Driver? What did you think about Taxi Driver? As I said, I respect it and it was good. So you I just didn't. like it or it was okay? If I had to give it a star it rating a cat, on yeah, Netflix, it, a- it would be three. Which is like it. Four is really like it. Five is love it. Okay. And I would agree. I Deer liked... Hunter's got four. This has three. See, I think even as long as Deer Hunter was, even though this movie was a good hour Deer Hunter shorter, didn't feel that long, though. No. And then, truthfully, this movie, like, I was surprised when we were already an hour and a half into the film. It did feel, it did move, but I do enjoy the Deer Hunter better. Even with the hour-long wedding sequence uh-huh. in the first act, I still liked the Deer Hunter over this one, and this one was okay. I I would I would actually say this movie is just okay. It was okay. Oh, it was only okay. It was only okay. So, all right. Well, Lindsay, what is our? See, it's hard to say whether I. 
I didn't like it because it's disturbing and... Yeah, yeah. But it's still, like, it's a good movie. It's it a was good... a well-made good movie. Right. This isn't, like... And as we said, it's not the acting. It's not the, you know, it's no, not. No, it has nothing not... to do with the directing. The story is just, it's an uncomfortable movie. I'm not, like I said, I'm not upset that we saw it. I'm not, like, I don't hate it. Right. But I'm never going to watch this again on my own accord. I have I'm no... not going to go out and buy this. I nearly bought Deer Hunter a couple days ago when yeah. I was on Amazon. See, and I, I have no desire to see. I, I'm like, okay, I've seen this movie. I've seen Taxi Driver. All right. So I will, I will just. Be content with that being the the movie. I will. I'll honestly with be that's that's enough that's enough for me. So yeah. But so I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. Like I. It was okay. It was it was a movie, and it deserves to be. A, those were sentences. Multiple times with the sentences. All right, Lindsay. Fuck my life. So what is number fifty one? We're getting West close Side to Side Story <laughs> from nineteen sixty one. Two hours and 32 minutes of singing and dancing. The all singing, all dancing crap of the world. Can we just watch Fight Club instead? No, we cannot. (laughs) We have to watch West Side Story. I have never liked the show as a stage show. I will not like the movie because I don't like the movie. Yes, I think I've seen parts of it. I I think we got forced to watch it in like orchestra or or choir or something in high school or middle school. I don't like the music. I don't like Leonard Bernstein. I don't like all the dancing. Shit. That is how gangs act. Hello. <laughs> they have well choreographed dance moves. Have you never been to New York? Were you not paying attention to this movie? <laughs> they totally do that. <laughs> hey, what kind of wood doesn't float? Natalie Wood. <laughs> oh, it's Boom. funny. I was on that boat. So, if you like West Side Story, you might not want to listen to the next episode because unless some form of baby Jesus magic happens, I'm not going to like this movie. It's going to be all... It's going to be... It's going to be... um. Uh, easy writer, but for Lindsay, <laughs> I have a really good feeling it's going to be easy writer. See, what's terrible is I took, and this we're going to go back to grad school. Yep. I took a musical history of American musical theater class, and this is like a huge deal show, and I hate this show. <laughs> By the way, if it makes you feel any better, Taxi Driver went down five spots. Oh, yep. And uh, West Side Story went down ten Oh, good. So it's slowly moving down the list. Now, I will have to say this, guys. I uh, I, I have no idea what my opinion on West Side Story is. Um, the last time I watched it was high school. I think we had to watch I think we probably watched it in the, in the same class or in, in a same class uh, like that you did, where we were just kind of forced to watch it. I'm pretty positive that was the last time I've watched West Side Story from beginning to end. Yeah. So. But I've seen it. I've seen it performed, and I thought I kind of dug the performance, like the the actual theater performance. But just we'll see. When we do it in Wisconsin, it's lots of white boys with spray tans. Yeah, it is. And black sprayed hair. <laughs> but all right, well, that is next week, kiddos. Yep. Great. <laughs> Looking. Lindsay's to that. so excited for this movie. I can't wait. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> with that, Lindsay. Splat. It's all uphill from here, I guess. We I mean, are at 52. The next movie is 51. It's We sucks. are almost halfway there, but then we get to watch Lord of the What's Rings. What's disturbing is that West Side, Story, West Side Story was 10 more spots higher than it is now. Yeah, I know. Oh my God. <laughs> it's going to be great. Two and a half hours of a torture. Good night, Radio Rahim. Good night, Radio Rahim. It's going to be fun. 
We're gonna be singing and dancing, and then I suddenly. I You know, I think for the ending of that one, I'm just going to play the entire soundtrack for West Side Story. <laughs> I'll play the entire. I will play. I will play the entire soundtrack under our discussion for the entire episode. You know what's really annoying is they like to use stuff from West Side Story in beginning music theory yeah. to like teach you like intervals and like syncopation because America is sounds like you're enjoying West Side Story let's see well we gotta save that topic for next week yep goodbye folks okay bye everybody goodbye I don't want a new one oh suck it up and deal with it it's not really syncopation. I think that's compound meter. Hello, my friend. Hello. Neil Diamond. What? I told you to don't show. That's better. I like that one. You ran out of the theater. You went back home. Left me alone. That coming to America. <laughs> that song I like. Hello, Internet Dwellers. This is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff. You have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Storytime, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com ghosthat. Thank you.